This is America in a nutshell to me. America is basically a TV show. It's a true crime reality TV show featuring felons who have their rights stripped of them but are out of prison looking for a redemption story. And in this show, they're also looking for love. And there's a bunch of bachelorettes and these women have to figure out the felon's crime. Oh, what I didn't mention uh, that the felons are all really good bakers. So they bake cakes that look identical. You can't tell if the cake is real or not. And the cakes they bake are of the murder weapons and the crime scene things from their own crimes. And in each show, they present these cakes, the felons present the cakes they've baked to a gaggle of bachelorettes. I believe that's what you call uh, when bachelorettes are grouped, uh, when they're flocking south for the summer. Um, I believe it's called a gaggle. But don't, don't look that up. And the gaggle of bachelorettes have to guess who baked which cake. And again, this is a redemption story. So after each show uh, is summed up, the winner who baked the best cake, the most realistic murder weapon looking cake, uh, that felon gets $100,000 donated to the charity of his choice, which happens to also uh, benefit a needy, hungry family in a neighborhood. And the felons uh, help build them a house and then it's revealed behind a bus that's fucking america that's it and i bet i could pitch that to netflix and they'd be like yeah you know what let's give it a shot let's have this a go and people will probably watch it and it makes me want to fucking lose my mind (laughs) i don't know what it is But that fucking drives me nuts. And I've been listening to all these different scattered podcasts, and I get it. Pop culture, news, trending stuff, the culture uh, is a thing. But there's so many other things to focus on. I guess that's why some would call me woke. I don't care for the term one way or another, but I certainly ain't asleep. But certain experiences in life uh, don't let you stay asleep for long. And I think maybe that's at the root of why I kind of hate that reality TV show junk, the true crime horror, that people uh, frame it in such a way that it's entertainment. I don't know. (laughs) It's it's weird to me. I'm not saying that some of this true crime isn't fascinating, but usually when I'm watching it, I feel like there's a moral to the story. You know, like some things haunt me. And I feel like most of America consumes it like McDonald's. Like it's just there for nourishment. And really it's not. Or maybe I'm crazy. Maybe this is why uh, when you listen to my podcast, I'm not trying to sell you underwear or uh, contacts or Postmates or I, I don't know. Whatever the podcast usually so Maybe this is why I don't have commercials. Well, that and I'm, I'm actively not trying to uh, load my podcast with commercials. 
but I can't help but feel like uh, the stuff I'm not talking about, is it not relevant enough for the common McDonald's eater? Is it not? Should I not refer to people as the, the Americans, as the common McDonald's eater? I feel like in the, uh, what is that called? The, the evolution of man? Is that timeline where you see him like a toad and then he's a little hunched over and then he's standing up straighter and then he's like totally standing up. I feel like we should start hunching back down and have a little pot belly and a McDonald's bag and some wrappers maybe falling behind us, you know, uh, to signal, to, <laughs> to, to, to signal, uh, to whatever happens in future evolutions, uh, that we're the ones that destroyed the planet. Is that it? That I believe that the, the planet's dying? Maybe is it the fact that I fucking hate that no matter where you drive in this country, you could just think you were where you were outside of maybe this, the kind of tree that you see in a parking lot? That drives me fucking bananas. Can, can, can we just talk about that for a second? You go on vacation and people go to Starbucks? Like, do you not want to imbibe in the local scenery? Has American local scenery just died off? Because I feel like, you know, wherever you go, even when I've traveled places, what do we, oh, we got to hit Walmart. We got to get some stuff. I mean, that is so discouraging. I want to go to fucking alligator Walmart, okay? Where there's like an alligator in the center of it and they sell, you know, crocodile everything. I know there's no crocodiles in Florida. Or are there saltwater crocs? I don't know. But you really want to, like, uh, you know, take part of the local culture. I feel like no matter where you go in this country, it's all strip malls, Targets, Walmarts, and Starbucks. And it's disgusting to me. I don't want to go to Arizona and be like, oh, look at the Mojave and the colors and, and the reds and the sand oranges and... And look at how McDonald's is a different color here, which it is, by the way. I think it's like turquoise or something. Maybe they've changed it. But, like, that shouldn't be the fascinating part about traveling the country. That fucking Starbucks in uh, the Northwest, you, I, I don't even know, is the original one. I, I don't know what the selling point is. It just kills me that, you know, that's the majority of America. No matter where you go. Maybe not Maine, Okay. We'll give a couple of country, uh, countries. <laughs> Maine is kind of its own country. But like Maine, you know. If you can even find a Walmart. You're going to have to shop local when you go to some of these places. You know, upstate uh, Vermont. But, I mean, for the majority of the metropolises, they all look the same. Some just have palm trees. Some have deciduous trees. What are the other kind of trees? I don't know. Evergreens, redwoods, that's the only difference. You see a redwood when you go to Northern California at the Target parking lot. Big fucking whoop. I don't know what this podcast is about either. Don't ask me. Don't look at me, okay? I just had to go on a tirade because listening to, listen, Rhett and Link of Good Mythical Morning, they are cool guys. I get why they're liked. Listening to their podcast, I don't fucking get it. Yeah, entertaining. Don't get me wrong. But it just feels like a lot of other things. Fast food. There's nothing to think about. It's just, you start to wonder after you're six minutes in. Like, is this 
fucking healthy for me. I, I Should I be listening to this? I guess the same could be said for my podcast, right? You listen, you go, oh, is this healthy or uh, am, I, am I drinking poison? Maybe you're on. I don't know. But do you not go to buy food on a Saturday and when you're walking into the store, just start cursing because you're like, what the fuck? You know, if all these cars in the parking lot, all these people decided we don't want to pay $12 for eggs, seven, eight bucks, whatever eggs are right now. I know strawberries are $8 right now and fucking that's unbelievable. I, I remember when a bag of chips was $3.50. Four to five dollars for chips? You gotta be kidding me. And if we collectively said, no, we're not gonna take it. Waltons of Walmart or Targaryens of Target. I don't know who runs Target. Or Howard Schultz of Starbucks. No, we fucking had enough. And we collectively did that. Because no matter where you land on the right, the left... If you're a neo-Nazi, go fuck yourself. We fought you in World War II. And I can't believe those people are making a comeback, but they are. Um, But no matter where you are on the political spectrum, because if you don't believe politics is life, then, well, you're fooling yourself. You can't get away from it. And isn't that the beautiful part about America? They want you to be actively engaged until you uh, are actively engaged in the side they don't like and then they tell you to shut up and dribble or whatever. But it doesn't matter. What matters is not horizontally, but where you are vertically. And that's the big, I guess that's what I'm getting at. That people keep thinking the fight is fucking left or right. It's not, it's up and down. Wake up, folks. Ah, here he goes on his woke tirade. It's not really woke. It's just a fucking habit. You can't have it anymore. Can't afford life. Can't afford to do anything. Working your fingers to the bone. Can't even afford a fucking pack of eggs. Chips. I, can't, I really can't get over that. I'm kicking myself that last summer I didn't take pictures of the price of chips. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Better know next time that fucking these corporations just decide to price gouge us. But it's just stunning to me that people don't understand. This has nothing to do with what horizontal fucking side of the political spectrum you're on. This is about up and down. What class you're in, folks. Not like trigonometry or calculus or pre-cal or whatever. English class. Lit. I'm talking about, do you work for a living? Or do dividends and investments pay for your third and fourth home? Because that's the fucking real thing right now. And the biggest issue... If I can continue, what the fuck has turned this podcast turned into? I don't know. I'm just listening. I'm uh, uh, I'm mentally not doing well. Um, you know because my paycheck goes to healthcare. 
that's where I, I make nothing a week because the healthcare has to take it all. And I've always said healthcare is, this is how I explain healthcare, right? Here in America, uh, to get healthcare, you have to pay. It's like going to a gym, okay? Imagine you sign up for a gym and they're like, uh, you're going to have to pay $200 a week to join this gym. And you go, all right, all right, I really got to get healthy, so I got to pay. And then uh, you're paying your, your weekly fees, and then you go into the gym. And they're like, oh, wait, you want to use the equipment in the gym? No, 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 the 200 just got you in the door. All right, I got cut off. Jesus. Even my podcast is like, all right, wrap it up, pal. What are you talking about? I'm posting this. I don't give a fuck. Oh, and by the way, for any uh, future uh, perspective interviewers um this doesn't reflect how i would do radio okay this is like my personal video uh audio journal so because i apply to like seven to 13 jobs a day and radio is like nah we're not gonna fucking have you they all go like this (laughs) my favorite uh job posting in radio the other day was this proud to be local and we don't want a cue card reader or a prep sheet reader uh, yada, yada, yada. Okay. I'm paraphrasing. Essentially what they're saying is like, we don't want someone who's just going to come in. And so in radio, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit in radio, they sign up, uh, they join these prep sheet services. So every morning you get all the news and some of the prep sheet services even write out all the jokes for you. So you don't even have to tell your own jokes. You can just read jokes off the thing, the, the quick one-liner jokes. Um, so that's what the job postings are saying. They don't want someone who's just going to read from the prep sheet. They want independent thinkers. They want thought-provoking content, right? So I read that. I'm like, ah, I got to apply. I got I to talk to these people. These are my kind of people. Thought-provoking content. That's what radio is best for. Right now, it's like a fountain soda at McDonald's. Everything's like McDonald's in America to me. Fountain soda at McDonald's. Oh, you think it's good because it's coming out of the fountain. But if you saw the back of the machine that it's just carbonated water and some kind of brown liquidy syrup, you'd probably be disgusted with yourself. Or maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. But radio in America is just that. It's, it's, it's all, it's a copycat industry. Everybody's doing the same thing. No one's pushing the boundaries. No one's pushing the edge. That's why radio's forgettable right now. At least, I don't agree with everything Howard Stern did, but at least he was innovative. There's nobody doing that. There's people trying to re-innovate what Howard Stern did, but no one else. And I'll, and I'll say this, this is scary. The most innovative people are the crazy fucking alt-right dog whistle racists. They're the ones pushing the boundaries where you go, holy crap. That's why, like, the biggest thing out of, I don't know, radio in the past two decades is Alex Jones, which is just a miscarriage of the radio industry. My God, that's why I believe in an abortion because Alex Jones should have been one. Anyways, again, to any prospective employers, uh, my radio show would be a little bit different. (laughs) I won't say fuck. (laughs) At this point, I just don't care when I want to call it out because even when I do get on interviews with them, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, wait, let me get back to the job post. So the job post, and then I'll sum up, because I think it's important for the younger kids to understand how healthcare works. And uh, they all go to the gym, right? All young kids go to the gym. So they'll relate. I'll explain that. And then I promise I'm done with my tirades. But you're going to fucking hear this, okay? That's it. Have a seat. Get comfortable. I got some shit to say. 
So this job posting and radio, they want thought-provoking content, right? They want original stuff. Because that's what, let's face it, radio is powerful and great because when it's local and it's done correct and it's thought-provoking and it's something new and creative, uh, it's a force to be reckoned with. There's really no medium like it because it is so local. But what radio's done, or corporations have done, now that there's like four corporations that own all of the radio stations, they just syndicate shows. And they even syndicate them in between corporations. So one corporation will syndicate out another corporation's show. They'll pay them nickels on the dollar to have the show. And it's really made radio horrible. And it's taken a lot of people's jobs and it saves the corporations money. But there are some companies that try to pride themselves on this. So I thought this was one of them. But I always do my research. I find out who owns the company, what their debt ratio is, you know, what their investment calls sound like. I, I watch them and listen to them. Uh, I try to dig into like who were the shows previous, who do they got on now, who else. I, I just I go fully in depth. I love this industry and I think it can uh, be reinvigorated, but not the way it's run right now. And the old guy that's running it are just a bunch of complacent, comfortable asshats that don't want to try anything new, but really like to type out that they do. And my proof is that when I went to check this radio station that was proud to be local, their morning show is a fucking syndicated show, not in the city that they're in. And I know that syndicated show because I've applied for a job there and I've known that fucking dude meeting him at radio uh, events and stuff. And I went, wow, the balls on these people on an insider job posting, like a radio insider website job posting saying that we're proud to be local, local content. And their morning show, the, the anchor, the, the driving force of their station is syndicated out of a different city. And I've always said, like, uh, there was a couple shows in New Hampshire or Maine that I was trying to get. And they were syndicating out of Boston. And I went, there's nothing more... Uh, more popular in Maine than what people in Boston are doing. Maine people don't give a fuck what's happening in the local city of Boston. Give Maine its own show. Give Portland deserves to have its own fucking morning show. Not some syndicated shit out of Boston, okay? Sorry, I get pissed because they're taking jobs from hardworking people. And like I told one of my friends who said, I don't want to go up against you. He said, to be honest, I'm nervous if I had to go up against you again. Because I said, I'm so hungry. I've been fucking out of work from radio for six years now. And when I get back in, there ain't nothing I won't try. I want to be number one. And that's why this art is so uh, finicky and so interesting and fascinating to me. Because it really, you got to be creative. You got to think outside the box. You can do the Ryan Seacrest, what everybody else is doing, and get to number one. Uh, but unless you're Ryan Seacrest, most likely it ain't going to happen. And there are ways to do it. I mean, radio was a powerful part of the counterculture in the late 60s. Sorry, I got cut off again. But I'm going to finish this. So what I was getting at is radio was a powerful, uh, powerful part of the movement. The counterculture movement in the late 60s and 70s. But, you know, the history of radio is for a different time. That was one of my favorite things in college. One of my radio professors, I guess you could call them, teachers, would talk about how uh, the riots in Detroit, he used his radio show to help calm them. And like the, the stories he had about it and like how the influence they could use to calm the masses or organize, it was just, I, that was when I knew, like, this is why I love radio. 
But neither here nor there. My point was that this job posting was a falsity. And I couldn't believe that they were doing it on a website where it's like, these are radio folks. You know, we can look shit up. Most likely, we. I mean, it's a small community, as big as it is. And it's even smaller in the past few years. But uh, I don't know how I got into the job posting thing. Let me explain healthcare in America real quick. (laughs) This is the weirdest fucking tirade ever. But I, I just want to get this out there on the record because if there's any youths, youths listening, or maybe people that you know haven't had to deal with the healthcare system, let me explain it. It's like going to the gym, okay? But at this gym, you sign up for the weekly membership, two hundred bucks a week, right? And then you go to, to walk in the gym to use a treadmill, or you want to do some bench or some legs, whatever you want to do. You want to use the equipment in the gym. And you figured, hey, I got the membership. I'm paying $200 a week. I should be able to go use the equipment. And they're like, no, no, no. There's a $50 copay if you want to use that treadmill. And you're like, what? They're like, yep. Membership just gets you inside. Then if you actually want to access the stuff, you got to pay again. And if you don't have a good plan, you don't have a premium, then you're going to have to pay for the price of the fucking treadmill until you hit your deductible, your gym deductible. And that's what healthcare in America is. And everybody's just complacent with i i don't fucking get it i can't take the temperature on people because it seems like as much as people complain and do crowdfunding or share crowdfunding things for healthcare, people do it uh, without maybe the hope of like well we can fix this it's so weird to me because it's like if we're all fucking pissed off that you got a crowdfund to get a you know to get a root canal or something like i've had to do or you got a crowdfund to get a cancer treatment for something. It's like, shouldn't we fucking do something about the system we've set up for ourselves? Shouldn't we get these motherfuckers out that somehow we voted in? You know, we, the people, have the power. It's frustrating. But just remember that. That's my uh, healthcare analogy for the U.S. And for any of my foreign listeners, that's what we have to deal with. So I think... I'm going to wrap up this tirade. I didn't know it would go this long. I really just wanted to say America is kind of like a reality TV show. A reality true crime TV show that just dulls your senses to everything else. Because I don't get it. I do not fucking get it. How are people proud to have to work two, three jobs, not afford to live, and somehow think they're free? It's frustrating. I mean, I see this on the regular. And I'm also telling you, I don't want to speak out of school, but my wife's a nurse. She worked through the worst pandemic in 100 years. She's been mistreated, uh, underappreciated, not respected. And watching her suffer every day because the way this country treats its nurses and healthcare workers and just doesn't respect them is one of the most heart-wrenching things I've had to live through. And it's infuriating. And it's even more infuriating that, I don't know, people spend too much time thinking that it's like left first right. You know, which politician that won't make a difference anyway? It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It fucking does not matter. Because they're all bankrolled. You know, if you saw the news the other day, is uh, uh, a lot of people are getting mad at the hypocrisy by Amazon, Disney, Walmart, saying... If you go on social media or anywhere, you've seen some kind of promotion by one of these big companies, like the big three in America, right? 
Walmart, Disney, Amazon. That they're proud to be supporting, you know, diversity. Black Lives Matter. Really? Are they? Because do you know who also helped fund Ron DeSantis's campaigns? Who are some of his political donors? Amazon, Walmart, Disney. Now, regardless of what you think of his politics, I find him, he's just one of the worst, grotesque, again, this is why I believe in abortion, because fucking Ron DeSantis should have been one, okay? Firm supporter of women's rights, and his mother should have had the right to choose, because this dude, taken to, in, to celebrate Black History Month, for him to be taking all the books about black history out of schools is fucked. That's what CRT is. Critical race theory is just studying American history. That's it. I know the right has turned it into a toxic thing, but just be informed because the scare tactics, it's fear mongering. It's not teaching white kids to hate themselves. It's teaching white kids not to do the fucking things that, you know, the old, old ass white generations did. Well, not even the oldest ones. Ron DeSantis is trying to do right now. He's trying to eradicate the history of our country. That's part of our history. Whether you like it or not, it is American. But irregardless of his politics, it should bug you that these huge corporations talk out of both sides of their mouth. Left and right. It doesn't, that's what I mean. The politician doesn't matter. It's the fact that they're telling you one thing. This is my favorite saying that I, I read recently and I totally agree with that. I don't care what people say. I like to watch their actions. You can tell me whatever you want, but I want to see what you're doing. Same with politicians and corporations. Let's see where your money's going. Because these, pol- these corporations saying that they... <laughs> like diversity or celebrate black voices during black history month and if you go on disney plus right now it's black panther all all this but really they're the ones that helped ron DeSantis get into power now why because you would think that's hypocritical it's not true it's a falsity i don't know i think it's these falsities like the ones in radio and corporations that really really just fucking grind my gears Again, I won't say the F word if anyone wants to hire me for radio. That's the other thing. It's tough to come to terms with that. You know, I spent more of my life in radio than I have not. And to start to realize that like, hey, maybe I'll never get hired again because they want complacent assholes that uh, just bring in enough money for the show to not go under. Uh, And I'm not talking about there are some really good shows out there, but the ones that are struggling in the ratings and have been for like 10 years, like the show that I got laid off from. The only reason he's on the air is because he brings in just enough money from his business friends who sponsor his show to keep doing the show. And, I mean, his ratings have just been horrible. If you follow any of that in the news, any of the Boston radio stuff. And he's on a sports station in Boston, which to not be number one or two on sports sports radio in Boston, I mean, you got to be an asshole. But he brings in just enough money for the station and the show to not fail, even though they kind of are failing. And instead of management going, you know what? We believe that sports in Boston could be a hit, a powerhouse, a cash cow. That's how you got to pitch it to the management. Hey, don't you want to make some money? 
And they're like, eh, we're making just enough to stay comfortable until somebody starts asking questions, and then we might all get fired. Or like the last station, they just sold the only rock station left in Boston, which fucking pissed me off. And if it pissed you off, if you're in Boston and made you mad, there's only a couple people to blame for that. And it ain't the upper management who sold it. It's the immediate management, the small tier management that allowed that shit show to continue to bomb in the ratings. And I'm telling you, this is someone who is in the fucking meetings being like, why aren't we having meetings? Why aren't we trying to assess the situation? Why aren't we trying to do something different? Why aren't we pushing things? Why aren't we doing... I was asking questions and guess what? They were like, see the fucking door, buddy. Get out of here. And look what happened a year after I left. Sold the station. Didn't bat an eye, but played the victim. (laughs) That's the best. When the corporations play the victim. That is just a gem. That should be part of the American reality true crime drama show. The corporation that really was a victim. Or were they? Thanks for listening to this tirade. Who knows if I'll do it again. And who knows, maybe this was just for me to fucking hear later. I hope you're doing well. Remember, the power is in the people. You know the, pow- the, the, the power is with the people when a Starbucks in Seattle unionized. And you figure Seattle, that's going to be one of their moneymakers, a cash cow store for them, right? The, the Starbucks people were so scared that they unionized, they just shut the shop down. That's when you know you have power. People might have seen that and got discouraged. I saw that and went, wow, that's real power. That those, those cats, the employees unionized and Starbucks said, we don't even want the profits. We just shut it down. That's how scared we are. And it's horrible that Starbucks has spent way more money in lawyers and same with Amazon lawyers and union busting tactics than if they had just gone to the table and gave people a living wage this is the shit i wish people would question that i wish would they would bring up that's why i think radio uh needs to be a public service needs to do some kind of public good and i feel like you know only talking about the grammys only talking about the super bowl halftime show and rihanna lip syncing which i will talk about okay i promise you i I do want to talk about that because her she wasn't even trying There were times where she just had the mic down and the song was going. And I went, oh, come on. I mean, I know you're pregnant, but you can hold the mic up. You don't even have to move your mouth. You you just pretend that the mic's near your mouth. Come on. And I get people want to talk about that. But what else are you doing? Are you being responsible to the other citizens of people suffering? I especially hate it with like my old radio show when the guy would have on the Boston Marathon uh, bombing survivors that their insurance wouldn't cover a leg. He caught the, the insurance, uh, would not pay for his leg that he lost the, the, uh, whatever it's called. The, I, I blanking on the name, but like the fake leg, they wouldn't cover it. And those who go, can you believe that insurance denied the claim said his leg was a luxury. And I always thought, well, that's ironic because you fight against universal healthcare and you fight against everything that I've been for with people just having access to healthcare and not letting these corporations, these big companies run rampant and decide everyone's fate unjustly and strictly for profit. Healthcare shouldn't be for profit. It's a public good. I said, but you love to have him in here and complain about it. Why don't you keep that fight going when he leaves? How come when he leaves, all of a sudden you're for 
you know, these corporations and the business owners and all that. Why aren't you for universal health care? Call me a socialist. Call me whatever. But don't have people in and complain about it then. Or unless you just want to look good raising money for them. Which that's all it is. And I, I just wish people would see through that shit. You know? Because if you really care, if you really want some change done, you got a microphone that can amplify the message, then stay true to the message. Don't just complain about it when it looks good for you because you're the one filling that gap. When you're the one raising the money for the leg. You know, that's the only reason he complained. And it was just fake. Fake bullshit. All right. (laughs) Have you had your fill of me? I don't know. Maybe is this why my podcast uh, isn't going to be turned into a radio show? I'm telling you, I'm going to get on the air again one day. And these people that were like, eh, you're going to fucking regret it. All right? You got my word. Thanks for listening to the Rob's uh, Morning Psychosis. Even if you're listening at night, trust me, it's a night psychosis too. This, this uh, affliction doesn't go away from me. It's constantly just grating on me. And I hope to inspire other people to get together and uh, we can implement some change. Thanks for listening. Share this podcast if, uh, if you like tirades and you know somebody else that likes delusional tirades. Share it with a friend. That's the best way to spread the word. And I will say this. There's one podcast that I do love and it's very fascinating and it's funny and it's a great break from the reality of uh, the misery of trying to survive in America. It's called Fly on a Wall with David Spade and Dana Carvey. The dudes are hilarious and they talk to former SNL cast members, this, that, the other. Uh, Comics. They've had a bunch of people in. Actors. Brendan Fraser. Um... And it's really, really fascinating. I love when they talk about the behind-the-scenes SNL stuff. So that's going to be my podcast recommendation. If you get a chance, check out Fly on the Wall with uh, Dana Carvey and David Spade. Two guys that I always thought look eerily similar, but they're very different. Though, are they? Are they the same person? I guess not, because they do a podcast together. Unless it's Dana Carvey doing an impression of someone that could be David Spade. Maybe David Spade was made up by Dana Carvey. I don't want to go down that deep or dark rabbit hole right now, but you get where I'm going. Question everything. Thanks for listening. Peace.